Okay, anybody there? Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, this is really odd. I've never done this before. Um, I'm just chilling in my underwear and my socks. <laughs> I pulled out a couple of like, photo albums and stuff just to kind of refresh my memory. Oh, that's good. Um, cause, uh, it's been a while since I've thought about this stuff. I mean, not I think about it every day, but, you know. No, it's particular Particulars. That's, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. So, it, it, it's something I do, too, when I do my interviews. I, I bring out old albums and stuff and try to trigger, trigger memories, you know? No, oh, that's great. That's I a really good I'll, idea. I'll do it for myself. Since no one can see me. <laughs> so, tell everyone who you are, where you're from. Um, I write Shug, S-U-G. Um, it was originally Sugar Bum was the original name I used. And then um, when I actually started trying to, but mostly I was just doing little hand styles. I wouldn't even call them hand styles. I was just writing my name in like the ugliest way possible <laughs> with like the ugliest markers I could find. But Sugar Bum, writing that as your name gets a little tedious. Like, so um, I, I noticed that some writers were shortening, like, like kind of shortening their names and like to, and it just sounded more tight, you know, someone who's, you know, I don't know. There's just so many names that, like, it's kind of like the root word, I guess. Like, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. It's right, just no, the root word. Like, you know, and you have your, your extenders on the end. But anyways, I just shortened it down to Shug. And so, uh, this went, I went from there. That was, I got that name in, um, well, when I told my mom I was into graffiti, I, I just totally told the wrong story. Um, cause I, I didn't, I just recalled, you know, I looked at something. I, just, I found the very first piece in my photo on that I ever painted. And it's a sugar bear piece. Oh. So th this is what really happened. I lied. Um, there was a, there's a book. See, this, this is the memory trigger thing. There's a, there's a book. Um, it's uh, Chicano Calligraphy or something like that. But it was done in, in the uh, 70s, and it's the book where um, Chaz, uh, Chaz Bajorquez, the guy from L.A. that, you know, does all the, the Chicano calligraphy stuff. Yeah. You know, he's super rich and famous now. Um, it's, it's the book he got published in when he was a teenager. This, this guy took pictures of him in the L.A. River, like, writing on stuff and doing, like, Quetzalcoatls and, and these things. And, and I, I, that book was at the El Paso Public Library, and... I mean, I, I, my mom is really, really, really intelligent lady, like really well educated. And whenever I needed to learn about something, whether like, you know, when I'm a kid, I, I wanted to learn about sharks. Well, you go to the library to learn about sharks. You, you want to learn about dinosaurs, you go to the library to learn about dinosaurs. And when I got the graffiti bug, the first thing I did is I went to the El Paso library. And um, I found they had a copy of the book. Um, I think it's called Barrio Calligraphy, I think is what it's called. Huh. And... Uh, there's pictures of, of Chaz in there and this guy Chemo. And, there, and towards the back of the book, there's a wall. Um, and, and this is the first book I ever looked at and, and, you know, to get some ideas. I, I never knew any writers. It just, it's, it's a bug I picked up on a trip to New York. And I came back and I was like, I'm going to do that. Um, that was about 87. And um, in looking at that book, there's a wall and there's a little tag and it says Sugar Bear. And I was like, oh, 
that's going to be my name. <laughs> and then it, that's exactly what happened. And then on this piece is um, well, in that book and on my very first piece is um, the guy Chance from the Monopoly board, the guy with the hammer. Uh-huh. Um, someone did their, their little placa thing and they put him on the side. And I did that exact thing on my piece. Like everything, my very first piece was basically like everything elements bit out of everything in that book, including that, that sugar bear name. And, um, when I, and then when I finally disclosed to my mom that I was sugar bear, um, it wasn't that much, you know, we we had a pretty open and honest relationship. And I was like, look, I'm going to be doing this, you know. And she's like, well, if you get arrested, you know, I'm not going to bail you out or anything. You just have to deal with it. Okay. And uh, but then she told me, like, you know, we used to call you sugar bum when you were a baby. I was like, really? She's like, yeah. She told me the whole story. There was like a song that went along with it and everything. And I was originally born in New York, and my dad was a Mohawk Indian. And so I was, you know, my first couple of months, I was raised on the reservation. You know, they would sing these Sugar Bum songs and stuff. So so I, then I was like, okay, from Sugar Bear, it's going to go to Sugar Bum. And then, you know, like I said, I was just, I was just writing stuff, um, just basic basic singers trying to make homemade markers and things like that and then um when i now was down in el paso still and I, I just the very first time i tried to paint i got caught by uh like some kind of a neighborhood watch guy or something so that shook me pretty bad and um you know we had, I had to run off i was actually with my older brother who was from new york and like he actually knew a lot about graffiti and he was kind of telling me all these crazy stories about andy warhol and keith herring and all these things. So, I mean, from, from the, my inception in graffiti, I had, uh, you know, someone who kind of knew it was up and like, he showed me, you know, you know, which markers to get and stuff. And I mean, he was obviously no big, right. He was like a punk rocker guy, but just being in that scene in the eighties, you, you know, it's pretty natural to be, to know something about graffiti. Just like if you're a hip hop kid now, you're going to know something about graffiti. Right. Um, so, you know, every once in a while I'd grab a can and run into the Royal, you know, Paso. This is like 88, 89, and do, ironically, SB throw-ups occasionally. Sugar, sugar bum. Sugar bum. <laughs> yeah, SB, yeah, <laughs> which now is really funny, but um, considering where I ended up. But, um, yeah, that that's how it started. And then I uh, moved to, um, and I knew about the trains out there. I I hung out with, uh, I didn't hang with him, but there was a big article in the paper about this guy, Match, um, Jose. Was this in El Paso had, or in New York? Yeah, this is El Paso, like probably 90, 1990. Okay. And he, um, he was running a couple different legal walls out there. And uh, a couple of guys from New York came out. Um, this guy, Grave was um, big on the walls out there and I got together with Match and he had mentioned some freight trains he's like yeah I see it I saw a Lee whole car come through and he's like I've seen you know pink and Zephyr pieces and duster pieces he named everyone from New York and I was pretty wild I was like wow that's crazy but um wait on freight trains that's what he said I don't believe him but (laughs) you know I think he saw stuff and maybe he couldn't figure out what it was. And I think he just, you know, that was the conclusion he came to was that, you know, it was a Lee hole car or something, whatever that, you know, that's the point being is that like freights were, you know, that was kind of the inception of freights to me. And 
it, it just it just garnered my curiosity very early on, very early on. Like when I first started picking up cans and stuff, freight. I mean, I had my eye on those on those big box cars rolling around because I knew what they were about. I'd been around train. Being from New Mexico, you know about trains. Mo all the all the major cities here are the result of of westward expansion of the railroads. Right. So they originally, you know, train stops and what have you. I mean, Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe, right? Okay. So the the Santa Fe was going to be the most westward um, point for for the the Santa Fe Railroad, but um, the uh, excuse me. But so just just from early on, I was into the freight trains, and then um, when I came to Albuquerque, in uh, 1992 for um, educational purposes um, the the graffiti scene here was out of control I mean it, it was amazing the stuff I was seeing I mean this were full color clean wild style pieces the city was bombed everywhere the freeways had you know fat cap tags and really clean beautiful throw-ups all over the place and it was an amazing thing to see because this place is smaller than El Paso and, and to see the development here and like you could, I mean you could tell the kids do what they were doing I mean when you when you all you've ever done is play with you know stock caps and then when you see your first you know big flared out um, you know spray and wash caps on a, on a on a white wall with black or cherry red or one of those things it it, it, it really sticks in your head and so when I came here, I was blown away. And, like, the, the level of cleanliness on, on everyone's pieces was shocking. And, and it, you know, it just it, it really sparked something inside my gut. Like, how do these guys do this stuff? It was incredible. Like, I, you know, it is such a mystery. Like, now it's not a mystery. Like, there's, you know, every push of a button, you can, you can, you know, buy some supplies and you can be just as clean as everybody else. But back then, man, it was... And people guarded those secrets. Like you couldn't just go up and ask someone, "Hey, how do you do that?" Because they'll not—they will not tell you. You know, where do you get those caps? Uh-uh. Because they know that the first <laughs> thing you're going to run to the store and rack all those caps, and then when they go, they're not going to be there. You know, so it—it's it, all. You, I don't know. I loved it, man. And and I was just a fiend for the knowledge. And I, I ran around, and took pictures around Albuquerque. You know, people like Agree and and Sofa, um, Act. You know. Gray was was just starting up. Um, of course, Giant was probably considered, you know, even then he was one of the best writers. Stack, um, who who goes by Goes, I guess, maybe some other names, but um, you know, to see all these guys coming out of this little town, it, it was incredible. And it, it, I mean, and obviously, you know, they're sparking off. You know, ten, fifteen, twenty writers that that follow follow them. So I mean, the scene here was was phenomenal. And uh, everyone I've ever talked to said, you know, you, you could really tell the Albuquerque style. Like when when we'd see freights or we'd see flicks, like you know, there's really there's a thread that kind of runs through all the pieces. And, you know, all the old writers now here's like kind of solid, kind of simple styles. You know, not too many arrows, and and, and just you know two-tone, fill-in, 
couple of lines, a couple of dots, you know, I mean, that that's kind of, it was pretty distinctive. And, and through the years, as I've learned more about other cities, you know, I can see it. You know, I, I understand more about what they're talking about. And I think I, I fell in line with that. It was really important to me to, like, carry on the tradition, you know, of, of the style here. Because, like, you know, this is where I learned how to how to become, you know, I, I mean, I kind of consider myself a mediocre stylist. I think I, I had a lot of heart for the painting. But as far as, like, my styles, I just, you know, I never really excelled in that area. I just, I was all about getting out there painting and meeting people and, like, you know, taking good photos the next day and all that. But I, you know, I just wish I, I wish I could have been a lot better as far as like rocking like a sick burn. You know, I mean, I got some good pieces, but you know, I, I, when it, some of the stuff that we saw coming through, like Giro pieces and Dove and Fear and Baser and SB, um, Cavs and Sign Five. I mean, the, the pieces on there, those trains were just like, wow. You know, they're untouchable. That it could not be touched. Like Sign Five when he did like white, you know, white outline and stuff, just incredible, man. Like I, I, I couldn't figure out how he did it because when I would do my white outlines, <laughs> my pieces look horrible. Like they're gross, you know. It just is terrible. So that that was kind of where I started developing. And then, you know, Wait, and so I, I knew. I, you already said this, but what year was this? What year did you move to, to Albuquerque? This is this is 1992, um, and and coincidentally to me, that was the t 1992 is a quintessential year for freight graffiti. I think that's when um, Charlie and Frame and a lot of the LA guys really started taking stuff serious. You know, I mean, people were doing it before that, but the the trains from from like 92 to 94, man, they're just slamming. I mean, incredible styles, simple, clean, very much to the point, but, you know, filling, like, people were filling up those panels, you know, with with, with solid colors, and it was, and I don't know, I, it was wonderful, and it was a real honor to get, to, to be around watching that stuff happen, because, you know, you only saw a piece on a train maybe once a month. I mean, if you were, like, doing some serious, like, chilling in the yard, like once a month, you catch them. Like man, that is hot, you know. So obviously nowadays, it's like wow, you're still looking for that good piece, but you know you've seen a lot of stuff in between all of that. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's re, it, it, it's awesome to kind of kind of relive it and 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 think about those feelings. That you know, I, I remember the, one of the very first pieces I saw. Um, well, the very, very first piece I saw rolling, um, I didn't know who it was. And this was, I was on an archaeological field trip. I was real into, like, rock art and stuff like that. And I was down south at a place called Three Rivers, which is by uh, Almogordo and White Sands Missile Range. White Sands is where they filmed the Transformer movie, um, like the White Sand Dunes. And out there, we looked just like that. Um, we got stopped by a uh, Southern Pacific line, and passing through was was on one of them was a bunch of white letters with black outline, and one of them stuck in my head because I remembered the uh, um, Madonna song that came out that, that year, Vogue. Everybody groove to the music, <laughs> and one of the and it stuck like Vogue. I was like, that is weird, 
And then there's a little NYC kind of TikTok letters going on the side. And then this thing was highballing through. I mean, it was going fast. So and I just catch a glimpse of it and I just kind of read it. And then there was a couple of like CIA one flows on some of the boxcars and stuff. And like that stuck in my head because I'm like, hey, man, I've seen that book. I wonder if that's the same crew. Um, I, whether, whether it was or not, I have no idea. But in the uh, freight train graffiti book, the one that came out a while back, that train is in there. It's it's Dream Vogue and I think poem not poem Dream Vogue and somebody else, but it's in there. And I was like, that's it. Like I was so that that made that book worth it to me. Cause when I got to see that, I was like, oh, there it is. And there was a picture of it, you know, chilling in Oakland, you know, with like you know the ghetto behind it and like you know, <laughs> and then I saw it in the middle of the desert in the middle of nowhere, you know, yeah. in nineteen ninety. And and that was one of my very first influences. And like, um, I, I don't know. I, I totally forgot your question, but uh, it's, it's okay. I don't I don't remember what it was either. <laughs> yeah. So there. Okay. Next question. Well, <laughs> so who was the first writer that you actually met in Albuquerque? I mean, how did you sort of get to know these uh, people? Well, I was. Um, I'd always been involved in martial arts. So when I was in El Paso, I was teaching at a karate school. Um, it was kind of franchised up here in Albuquerque. So that was the first place I went to. Um, and they, they hired me on as an instructor. And as I'm talking, this guy has a tattoo on his arm with like some guy like cutting his own head open with a saw blade. And I was like, who did that? He's like, oh, that's my homie, man. He's like big time graffiti artist and all this stuff. I was like, really? He's like, I like that stuff. And he's like, you know, and he started telling me, you know, he write he wrote first F I R S T, and he was like one of the OGs here, like like some of the original like crew taggers up here. And then, and he had already quit, but you know he still kind of knew everyone. So he said he was kind of telling me stories and stuff. And he told me about this this yard. He's like, there's this yard. It's called the playgrounds. That's where you got to go. He's like, Giant and Stack are gonna have a battle over there. You know, you got to go see it. And he gave me general directions. He didn't know exactly where it was. He was just kind of telling me what other people told him. And, and man, when he told me that, we drove around. We, I mean, I went through, I don't know how many arroyos and people's backyards. I was like, I'm going to find this place. And then finally one day I found it. And we went back there, and it's this real long wall behind a, uh, a storage unit complex. And it was packed with burners. And I mean, I don't know. I, it just killed me to see this, and 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 it just you know, it just made me want to do it that much more. And I I took my homemade like deodorant marker, you know, with that I made like erasers <laughs> with, and, you know, stole a bunch of pilot ink, and I I I just wanted to get my name. I wanted people to know that I was there. I just wanted you know I wanted to be a part of it, and there was nowhere to write anything. I knew I shouldn't write on anyone's pieces. You know, I knew that. So there's the, you know, people's throw-ups. Like, oh, they're just throw-ups. So you know, so I'm writing my name in people's throw-ups. So right, right away, like the first week, I come out writing, everyone hates me. You know? <laughs> He's disrespecting our throw-ups. And, this, you know, like, oh, man. And it, it was totally unintentional. You know, and it was just, it was me. You know, I, you couldn't help it. You know, I understand when kids are just like, I can't help it. Like, it, it just drives you so much. You're like, you got to do it. You got to do it. So that's what I did, and like I kind of had a shit name for myself for a couple of months. So I started meeting people, and I went there. Every I would go there 
you know, every day if I could. So you'd write sugar bum in their pieces or in their throats? Sugar bum with a big old deodorant marker <laughs> and some, like, some guys who, you know, and my apologies to them. It was not intentional. You know, it just, it kind of set me off in a bad direction right there. And then, uh, that, and I met Act over there. Um, oh, cool. and he was, he was doing a post piece and, uh, he was real cool. Like that was like 93. And, um, so you were just hanging out there one day and you, and he was, I, I, I hung out there every day and everyone that was there, I would go up to them. What do you write? And try and get information out of them, you know, until I found someone that would kind of like pull me in a little bit more and then act as that person. Um, he, for some reason he was like, yeah, come paint with me in my yards. So, so he had another set of yards and we went up there and painted and stuff. And that's when I, and I learned a lot from him. Like, cause he, he was, he had been around Albuquerque for a long time. Like he was here pretty much from the beginning when, um, people were coming through, like bringing New York, like New, Albuquerque has a huge New York influence, a huge LA influence and a huge Chicago influence. Those are the three cities that really spark the styles here and it's kind of a conglomerate of all those and he knew everybody you know he knew he knew Zor he knew Agree he knew Doc like the like, you know all of them and he was you know he really adopted their, their techniques and their styles he knew it all and so when he was willing to like kind of take me around and show me a couple of things I was like alright cool and and I picked it up and, and my styles were very derivative from his I was trying not to be him but at the same time, like you can't help but absorb those those early influences, you know. So the first thing we did is we went and painted uh, semi trailers, and you know, the the trailers we did were horrible, and I didn't know what I was doing, and like it took me like an hour and a half to do like this disgusting piece, and he had done like five pieces, you know, and I, and he's he's a real smart ass. So he'd be like, so what are you doing there, Shuggy? Like you need a little help, and like you know, I mean. It was, it was a really embarrassing, so it, you know, it made me really want to learn even more. And and he was willing to teach me. And like, right away, I was asking about freight trains. He's like, No, no, we can't do those. We can't do those. And he was doing them. I knew he was doing them. And everyone I would ask, I would ask him, and I ask, I would ask Stack, and I think. Anyway, I would ask them, like, hey, take me to the trains, take me to the trains. Like, no, no, no. I mean, obviously, obviously, I know why now, but back then I couldn't understand. I was like, oh, they don't like me, you know. I felt rejected. <laughs> and and then finally I got I got act to um, roll me to the, to the freight yard, too. And what's funny is I knew where it was, you know. I could have just walked over there and done it. But, you know, I wanted to go with somebody. I really wanted show, someone to show me what's up. You know, so we went and so what we year went. Is this? 1994, probably mid mid year. Um, now there's not. If you look at a freight map of of the United States, if you look at New Mexico, there's one line running east west and run, run one line running north south. Um, there's another one coming off in the corner that almost never gets used. That's the old UP line. Sometimes it does, but it's. Um, Really, like near Albuquerque, there's there's two lines, and where those lines intersect, that's not even Albuquerque. That that's Berlin. That's south of here. So Albuquerque, there's not a lot of you know. There's one yard, and you know there's a, a handful of, of little spurs here and there where they where they shoot like two trains at a time, three trains. There's no there, there's one yard that had like a big line, but 
I couldn't figure out where that where that yard was, and I knew it was out there because I had seen some pieces. And um, like I remember one night I asked I, Stack and them, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go rock some freight tonight." I was like, "Please take me," you know. I was like, "Here's my number, a pager." I had a pager back then. Here's my pager. Here's my pager number. Call me, hit me up. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll hit you up, we'll hit you up. No call. And then the next day, I saw the goddamn train. Oh, I was so mad. And it was it was a lovely train too. I mean, because they they knew how to do it. It was, it was dope. And so uh, then I got I finally commits uh, bleep that out. <laughs> okay, right. his real name. Okay, yeah, sure. so I got I, I got an act to take me. Um, <laughs> and uh, we go to the main yard and like we're hopping line. You know, we're hopping over the couplers and stuff. And then they start bumping the train. Like we 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 just stopped and and. Fuck, Act. <laughs> um, Act flips out. He's like, oh, my God. And he we, he runs out of the yard full speed. And, like, they're just bumping the train. You know, it's like, you know, to anyone that's been in the yard, like, that just happens. You know, if you're in a, if you're in a live yard, you know, they're going to be, like, humping the cars or something. They just bump around. You, he takes off running. freaks me out. Then I go running off. I didn't, I didn't know what happened. I think he did it on purpose. Because I, I seriously think that he just wanted to freak me out so that I wouldn't want to go paint trains. But that 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 didn't happen at all. Because once, <laughs> like, he gave me the nerve to walk in there. Like, then I was in there, boom. Uh, the next night I went in and I just, you know, I just rocked out on my own. And um, and I remember we saw some piece, too, in there, S-O-M-E. And I think it was a guy from Florida. And I've never seen any flicks of, of this particular train. But I know, I know it was on a Santa Fe car, and uh, it's under the numbers, and it just it really stuck in my head because you know it was like there in the like kind of the the blueness of the light, you know, like in the lights bouncing off the the metal of the train and stuff. It just looks really. It's different when you see them at night. When you see a piece at night, you can really appreciate it. You know, some you you just feel the more energy from the piece, but. Um, I've always wanted to see it again. I never saw it again. Because I know there's a couple of sums out. I mean, there's probably a sum in every city. But I just always wondered who that guy was. Because it was good. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a toy piece. It was it was tight. And um, then there was another yard. It, you know, it was the Coors Brewery yard. Probably a, a two miles north of the main yard. And that's where they had, like, all the... It, Axe showed me that yard, and then that was, and then it was over. When he showed me where that spot was, you know, he took me there once, and he and he wrote a, on his piece. He wrote, "Who cut the cheese?" And I swear it was like a diss on me because my piece was so bad. <laughs> and you know, because someone else looked at it and they started laughing. He's like, "Oh, you know," and I was like, "Oh man, he wrote that about me," you know. And then, uh, and then he actually showed me like two other yards, and uh, so we were painting, you know. I was painting with him sporadically, but what would happen is once he showed me a spot, man, I was there. Like it was either going by myself, or I had you know I'd made a couple of friends who were kind of new writers to the scene, like not new writers necessarily, but they're kind of. I mean, I had already been involved in graffiti for a long time, but I hadn't been involved in this scene, so everyone considered me kind of new school. And I I had made a couple of, like these new school friends, like like Petro and and uh, and then a couple other guys that really you know 
if you ever see some of my really old trains, there'll be like, you know, it'll be a shook piece and there'll be like this big gloopy mess next to it. <laughs> you know, and that's just someone I just took with me to have some company, you know? And, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, that was 94. And then, um, a lot of those I did myself in 94. And I actually, I have video of some of them. I, I, I already knew, like, it was really important to document. So I took video. I have video of me painting a couple of my very first freights. Wow. And they're good videos. They're good. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then I, and I, I just knew it from then on. I mean, it was important for me to, like, go to the yards and paint pieces and do walls and, and bomb, you know, I, I I I I really wanted to have a you know well-rounded diet, and but I mean I lived in those yards. I lived in those in those, in those spurs and in the main yard. Um, I I just lived there. I I just took it myself to learn um, as much as I could. Like to and from early on, like I was really starting to notice like the 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 sketch art or you know some people call it the hobo art, but you know. I mean, we all know it's a lot of it's workers and just random people who just love trains just like we do. But I, I took a, you know, I, le I noticed that stuff very early on. And I started, you know, kind of trying to give it respect and not go over it, you know, and then that, you know, you're kind of noticing like, oh, okay, there's that wine glass again, or there's the guy with the mountain behind him, you know, in the sunshine. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I just really want to absorb myself. You know, then I started to realize, like, this is actually a much deeper culture than, than what the graffiti is. It's a whole other thing. So it was, it was important to me to kind of learn about that and kind of fuse those two things together. And that's why I started making my little sketch, you know. Um, it, I guess, to me, it was just important to be kind of cutting edge. Like, yeah, you're doing... You're doing graffiti. You're not doing something new. You know, there's already guys from New York bitching. Like, oh, these guys, these new school guys, they don't know what's up. You know, they don't know what respect is. And blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> like kind of why I feel like, I, how I feel now. Like, it's horrible. I, it, it, it grosses me out to think like that sometimes. I, tr <laughs> I make it a point. I really try hard not to. I mean, sometimes you can help it, though. But, um, you know, and to me, it was like, well, here's here's an area that is is untreaded territory like this is virgin territory if, if I get in there and do this I can become one of the pioneers I knew that you know and that was my goal and the thing was so frustrating is when you you knock out these freights and you get your flicks the next day and then they're, they're gone and that's it you know a few of them like a year or two later some of them would pop back through and you were just dying to know where they went you know and uh so did you ever try tracking him? I mean, were you... That 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 didn't come till later. No one knew about that crap. Right. You know, that, that you know, in, in 95, I didn't know anyone. I was just doing them. And, and I was doing a lot of them. And I, I was already starting to not do as much city stuff. And, you know, people... And I didn't tell a lot of people what was going on. I was like, I wasn't... You know, I didn't really want the competition either. Like, I just... Just get in the yard, get all the trains, and, and walk out. And I was probably going three, I'd say three to four times a week in 95. 94, I probably, you know, I did a good handful. Um, but in 95, I mean, I was, I was, I was going to obliterate it. And it was all about having kind of not doing throw ups, but doing like, you know, solid letters, some background, 
a little, a little, you know, a little, uh, little shell around that. That you know, it'll look cool. But doing a bunch of those, like tons, and then every once in a while I try and do like a blowout burner. But my burners are always like pretty crippled looking. But I would try it. You know, I had some real strange looking pieces around me. But, uh, so you know, so three or four times a week. How many pieces would you do each night? Um, I would try to do two good ones, and then I would, and then I would try and do maybe two or three kind of, you know, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have done those ones, you know, <laughs> just save the paint. But you know, it wasn't a lot. I mean, but it really was, because I, I was, to me, you know, I really wanted to kind of flood the system. Um, with my stuff, I, I mean, I kind of knew enough about trains. I knew they were going to get out there and just kind of bop around. I, you know, the other thing is you don't know who's going to see them and who's even going to care. You know, you really think like your your biggest hope is like this makes it to New York, it makes it into the middle of Manhattan, and someone subway guy sees it. That's your ultimate goal. And then when you find out there is no trains around New York except in the Bronx, you're kind of like, ah, you know, well maybe they get to L.A. And, Maybe one of those guys will see it, you know? But you don't realize, like, how many other, like, and it wasn't until later that I found out that, like, how many cities around that exact same time were doing the same thing. You know, like, there was kids just like me who were like, you know, this is where it's at. And, and it, around 96, um, well, in 96, I went to the, I mean, I've always been a hip-hop kid. You know, I, you know, I was always wanted to DJ. You know, I, I was break dancing in like 1983, buying records and tapes and what have you. You know, and it was really there was a a, a magazine called On the Go, and yeah. there was there was a uh, ad in there for this thing called the B Boy Summit. I was like, I love break dancing. It was like, and back then. Breakdancing was like, you know, you're whack if you break dance. You know what I mean? Like, and I remember telling people, like, I think it's going to come back. I think it's going to come back. And they would laugh and be like, whatever, dude. Like, if you touch your hands to the floor when you're dancing, <laughs> that's stupid. You know, you're supposed to, like, bounce around and, like, I don't know. A whole other, whole other story. But anyway, like, I was like, you know, I, it just killed me. I was like, I got to go see some, some break and I want to see what it looks like now. You know, because so, wait a minute, no were, you, were you aware of like, you know, Can Control or any of the the magazines that existed at the time? Can yeah, yeah. Um, there was a little store here. This was ninety four, ninety three, ninety four, called Deep Threads, mm -hmm. and um, they, you know, the guy Stack worked there, um, and so I would go in and like, you know, you. You, you you walk in with your book, you know, and your graffiti shirt or whatever you got <laughs> and try to, like, have someone talk to you, you know. Try not to be a total jerk off, like, but at the same time, you like, you really want to get to know these guys. And so I kind of befriended Stack and, you know, he would, he would try and sell me these magazines. And and I was broke. I mean, I was, I was a broke, broke college student and, like, you know, I, I stole everything. You know, not because I wanted to or because I liked to, but I had to. You know, I, I made four hundred dollars. I made four hundred and thirty dollars a month teaching at the Christ School, and my bills came out to four hundred dollars a month. So, you know, that's just I just had to get over it. 
So I, I, I wouldn't really buy the mags. I go in there and just look at them all the time. And I don't want to steal from there because I don't want anyone to hate me, you know, any more than they already <laughs> did for like going over all these throw ups over at the playground. So I knew about can control. And then uh, one day I was at the Christ school and this kid came by and he, you know, he, he was carting around. He's like, hey, what's up, Shoe? You want to buy some magazines? He's like, what do you got? Oh, I got this can control. So my very first can control I bought from a guy who came to my Christ school and he was selling them out of his backpack, you know? That, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. And when I got that, it was the one with all the cans on the front. Like, you know, I was like, what is this? Icy, great. This is crazy. You know, so that opened up a whole new field to me, like just, you know, like the vintage colors and blah, blah, blah. So I got real into that. But yeah, that I didn't know about can control. And then I, I got an on the go, I think from just some random books or on the go, as you could find in a lot of places. Like he, he was pretty, you know, pretty savvy about getting this thing into like, you know, franchise magazine shops and stuff. So you could find on the goes anywhere. And then uh, we rolled out to, uh, like we, we got in the car. Well, I had already taken a trip to LA, so I knew how far it was because I wanted to go get it, reins, you know, when I was writing and like I already felt like I had learned enough here to kind of get my feet wet. I was like, okay, where's the closest place I can drive to to get inspiration? Like, well, LA, of course. You know, so... Not knowing anyone, I, I hit up one of my one of my boys, and, and we took my ex girlfriend. We got in her car and we just drove to L.A. one day. Like, you know, I, I seriously think we like this is about a two days of planning. Like, hey, we're gonna go to L.A. I'm gonna take my camera, and we're just gonna rack the whole way, and we're gonna rack the whole way back, <laughs> and we're just gonna check out graffiti, and that's what we did. And it, you know, it was an incredible trip. And and by the time we got back, that car was packed. Like, it was bursting at the seams. We got pulled over for speeding, and the the cop didn't even see my friend in the back because he was buried in, like, clothes and cans. and You know what I mean? And he was just back there asleep. Like, you couldn't even see him. Because the, whole, and the whole trunk was everything. And they didn't even question us about any of that. So who but, did you go with? Your your ex-girlfriend and were you with another Petro. writer? Yeah, Petro. Oh, okay. And uh, we went out there. You know, I don't know how we found anything, but we found everything. We found Belmont. We found Venice. We went through downtown. Um, you know, I was taking pictures of wrist pieces and, and bless. I, I caught a couple. You know, we 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 went through commerce. We found all the, all those train yards. Um, I don't even know how. Was, we had no directions for anything. We just took a map and and I was just like, I, I don't. You know, I don't know. I don't know how we found anything. You know, we didn't mean to find Belmont. We just did. I didn't even know there was a Belmont. You know. <laughs> you didn't hook up with anyone when you were there. No, nobody. Yeah. And we 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 went down by Disneyland. We were at Disneyland, kicking Disneyland because my girl was like, I want to go to Disneyland. She didn't care about the graffiti so much. I mean, she was kind of <laughs> into it. She actually wrote. She wrote Opal, and some of my very first trainers was like Opal pieces. And actually, that's that's my ex girlfriend. Oh, cool. And uh, I remember that actually. Yeah, and she was actually good. Like a lot of times, I thought she was better than Petro. You know, <laughs> and uh, so but we we went to Disneyland, and then we were driving out, and there were these freights. And you're like, hey, man. And this is the middle of the day. And you're like, man, let's do it. So we got our cans, and we walked over these trains, and we just jumped on the other side. And, and we just busted them out in the middle of the day. And I, I even got that on video, you know? And 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 I wrote 1995 on that in L.A., but it was actually it was still 1994. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, you drink a water. Okay, So from there, I, you know, kind of knew about L.A. 
and we go back. So wait a minute, uh, what happened at the B-Boy Summit? I mean, were yeah, there any writers that, there? Yeah, so that, and, and so I guess I just, I threw in the L.A. thing kind of as a side, because um, I knew, like, how to get to L.A., but the, the original B-Boy Summit, that was in 90, early 96, I think, and that was in San Diego. Right. And, and we, so we packed up, drove out there, had a new girlfriend, um, <laughs> We get there and there's like this open convention thing, and uh, now I had just gotten this um, Santa Fe jacket, like a, like an uh, embroidered black satin Santa Fe jacket, and uh, I was like, I'm gonna wear that. I bet you we'll find the, the people we want to talk to, and and sure enough, you know, we go to the convention and you know we're talking, hanging out, and it's uh there's these, these guys and, and Dove and Fear are part of the exhibition and they're painting off on the side, um, like on some boards and stuff. And, um, yeah, Dove's, you know, Dove's dad it. built it or something. Yeah. Killing it. Yeah. And I talked to him about that I and mean, killing it. He's like, wow. And I, I, I was like, I can't even talk to those guys. Jesus. You know? <laughs> so we're off like, you know, like it's weird. It's kind of like a cast system. Like, you know, you're like, you feel like you got to kick it kind of with like the heads that, you know, you can associate with. So I didn't want to talk to them right away. But, uh, there were some guys, uh, looking at photo albums and you, like at the, at the B-Boy Summit, like you go to, there's like, there's like B-Boy circles and then there'd be like a bunch of guys bobbing their heads and like, you'd know that those guys like they're rapping at each other. And then there'd be other guys looking at photo albums. He's like, that's where you got to go. So we go and we roll up and these guys got photo albums and they're full of freight trains. And I was like, oh, this is it. You know, like this is my big chance. You know, <laughs> it's like auditioning. And uh, I just stay totally quiet. I'm just sitting there listening to the talk and they're talking about freight. I'm like, these guys know what's up, man. You know, and they got all these photos and stuff and all these different photos. And it comes out that they're from Denver. And uh, so I hit him up and, and this guy, well, I write Menace. M M E N I S. He's like, write Menace. I'm like, oh, cool. He's like, well, what do you write? I was like, Shook. And then they, they kind of look away from me and start talking to each other again. And so I was like, ah, oh, fuck. You know, I <laughs> don't give a fuck. You know, they, they don't, I, you know, I'm just a small town guy. You know, I'm just like, you know, I'm like a bunk into these kids. I'm getting feedback over here. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Hold on just a second. How's that? Yeah, good. Okay. And then, uh, so he's, um, and they're there, the guys are with, it's um, this guy Omni, who wrote, he wrote, I think he writes, or no, he wrote Soul, he wrote Soul 26, and he wrote Omni, Jer, I think Chase was there. There's a lot of like the, the older Denver RTD crew. And uh, List, I remember List was there, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And anyway, and then uh, Menace looks at me, and Menace is big. Like, he's like one of these big, like, godfather-looking dudes. <laughs> and then he, like, looks at me again, and he's like, what you, what do you write again? Like, this is, like, seriously, like, 15 minutes later, like, whenever, like, they finish their conversation. Like, what do you write again? I'm like, Shug. He's like, how do you spell it? I'm like, S-U-G. He's like, where are you from? I'm from Albuquerque. And, like, his face lights up. 
Like his eyes get all big, and he's like, "No way!" That he pulls out another photo album that he had. And he pulls it out. He flips it about halfway through, and he's got a, like a full page spread of all these trains I've done. He's like, "Is that you?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's me." And like, you know, from then on, like we were best friends, you know. And, and you know, and to this day, he, you know, he, he's. Just, just a really good friend, and like I always remember that because it was, it was a good feeling, you know. And, and I think that's the feeling that that we all really crave for, you know. It's just just some acknowledgement, and and that you know that was it. And from then on, you know, they they were hitting me up about this crew RTZ that we had, and like I was like, well, why don't we exchange crews? Like you guys can be RTZ, and we'll be like a little RTD chapter down here. And then, uh, and then we carried on like that, like, and then they they came down here. I, want, I think once they came, like Menace and and Soul Twenty Six came out here. We painted down here, and then I went to Denver, and and loved it. I mean, had the best time because there's layups everywhere, beautiful cars, and like, and they knew all the spots, and so you know, and then I got to do my little you know hip hop thing, and I mean, it was it was awesome. And so that was 96. And then 97 was the next B-Boy Summit in, uh, oh wait, the first one was in L.A. No, they're both, they're both in San Diego, I think. I can't remember. The Dove and Fear one, no, that, was, that was San Diego. That's right, because then they had another one. And at that one, like I knew Menace. And we're like, and they were talking about a meeting out there again, you know, I was like, oh, because everyone, like, they had made a couple of other connects from people, I think, I don't remember who they met too, but they, like, a couple of guys from Chicago, I think. And so we, I was like, yeah, hell yeah, we're going to be there. And so when we get there, like, we drive out, um, and it, 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 it's a blowout. I mean, there's people from all over the world. I mean, it, it was incredible. And, and it was huge, like, First one was not that big, massive, like overrun. Like that city was, could, was was bursting at the seams, and um, we we got to the hotel, and it turns out like all these freight. I don't know how it happened, but okay, Menace is staying at the hotel. The whole RTD crew, Virus is there with the whole DVS crew. We're there with our whole crew. Um, NG Caper is there with that whole thing, like Caper, Pez, Spice, um, who else is there? And then there's even more people there, all staying at the same hotel. Wow. And and that's how we all met. And, you know, and from from and that, so that B-Boy Summit, that was the connects, because from then, like, we made the RTZ-NG connection, the RTZ, and, you know, the NG-RTD, like, there's this little triangle between Albuquerque, Denver, and Phoenix, you know, because we were like the little the little Southwest Connect, um, and so we we would travel back and forth and and you know hang out and and, and talk train talk and all that stuff, and um, and around that same time there was a little magazine called Threat Magazine. Yeah, do you remember that? Oh yeah, and there was this little uh, section. It, it, it's so it, it sounds so you know homosexual now but <laughs> it was like the the pen pal section like looking to trade photos pen pal you know 
And there's this guy from Yuma, and there's a guy from San Diego, and then there's a guy from like I think two guys, two or three guys from Florida, and um, you know I'm like hell yeah, you know, I wrote everybody, and um, and I got responses from almost everybody, and and you know as it turned out, you know one was was SB, one one was Baser. One was Maine from Chicago, M-A-N-E. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was was Jailer from San Diego, and and Doobie from Yuma. And so that's how that connection was made. And so when we went to San Diego, um, you know, everyone's talking about all the wall yards and stuff. So we went and painted some walls, and I was like, man, we got to get some freights over here. And so uh, we just drove around the city until we found, like, a, the teeniest, weirdest little lake. Because in San Diego, there's no trains. I don't know if you've tried to go out there and paint or anything, but there's slim pickings. I thought it was bad here, but San Diego was horrible. <laughs> and, uh, well, we found them, and we did it. You know, it, and that was my goal. I was like, I'm going to be one of the only people that knocks out a freight at this B-Boy Summit. Like, people go bomb the city all they want, in which they did. You know, and I was right there with them. Like, when, when everyone mobbed the bus, they caused... The, the city government to come in and shut down the whole graffiti, uh, you know, exhibition. Like I was part of, I was part of that. Like, you know what I mean? I was, I was like, <laughs> crawling over the bus. I mean, it was awesome. And, uh, and that's where I met Jaylen. Yeah. Uh, was at San Diego at the summit. And, uh, you know, and it's funny. I have a picture of like me and him, like rocking out on some stuff. Like when that bus is coming up, cause I mean, the bus is driving up and you could hear everyone. Oh, Shit. Oh no! Get ready. <laughs> and when that dri- that driver must have like had a heart attack because I mean, kids were crawling on top of the bus and he couldn't even move. He couldn't even drive till everyone's done. You know, and so it, it was it was a beautiful thing to see and, and, and to be able to experience that was was a trip. You know, with all these people that like love it just as much as you do. You know, uh, it was it was good. So from then on, we we just kept in contact with each other. You know, and I I had established these nationwide connects that I knew nobody had. Act. Uh, you got to edit those out. No problem. Um, Act, Act had, you know, he was, he was a stamp lickers as they're known, um, just like I was, but he, he knew a different grouping of people. And uh, I really want to stamp lick with the, the freight riders. And from that point on, like, you know, you get a pack, you know, once every two or three weeks and, and you know, if they send you a 10-pack or 15-pack, you know, if they catch one of yours, you know, they're going to give it to you, you know, they, I mean, that's that's part of it. So, you know, that, that fuels the fire for you to, like, get out there and get to the yards, take more photos, you know, that way you got cut. And so, you know, between, like, this little grouping of people, I mean, we documented the heck out of these freights. And, uh, and we were sent them between each other, so, you know, we kind of share a lot of the same photos, which is really funny. Like, when I go, you know, what I like to call poaching, I go when I go poaching in someone else's flicks from out of town, you know, I'll see some photos, and I'll be like, you know, like, I'll recognize a Deja photo, you know? You <laughs> see little mountains in the back, and I'm like, nah, man, Deja never sent me that, damn, you know? <laughs> so, uh... And, and, you know, you could recognize a doobie photo because, like, the, you know, it's just, like, hot, blistering sun and, like, the the way the angle is on his photos. Because in Yuma, the, the trains are kind of in an elevated. For some reason, they're real elevated. 
And so you're always looking up at them. And, and you, you know, you could tell my flicks because they're just like a little bit of grass. And like Jayla would call them the metal fence photos because I, I just, I would get as close in on the piece as I could. Like you couldn't, you know, he's like, you can't even tell it's on a freight, dude. <laughs> but it's me, like I just wanted to see the piece. I, I just get as close as I can. So, you know, we, I don't know, we all kind of grew up knowing each other. Like even, I mean, we knew, obviously we knew all our piecing styles, but we even knew all, like, our own flicking styles, you know. Like when you saw a fave flick. You know, it's just, it's just all like grass and plushness and, you know, or then you see like the the Crispo photos where like, you know, he always leaves his bag of paint right <laughs> under the piece, you know, because you know he did it right there and like, and he totally did it on purpose, you know, so you can always tell those those photos, man. So, um, I don't know, that, that, that was kind of the, that's just what was going on, you know, and, and that was, you know, that was mostly in the Southwest, like we knew there was stuff going on around in other cities from seeing the freights and like trading between each other. And then, you know, then the magazines started coming out and stuff, but you know, th this was a little bit before the mags really started like really focusing on, on freight shops and stuff. And like, I know we were some of the first kids, you know, not just consumed with our own pieces, but really trying to catch everyone's stuff. Cause we knew that someday, I mean, we knew that the freights are really ephemeral and that the pieces get lost, you know, constantly. That the trains get buffed or the cars come out of service or, they, you know, whatever happens to them. Someone goes over them. So, you know, we were on the constant chase of, of all these freights. And between the, you know, us talking on the phone and stuff, we just really cultivated, like, a serious knowledge of what was going on. And then people, like, jailer and faves and then you know people like take five and Caso coming to the circle and like and, and the the level the depth of understanding of like Caso and take on just the train life and the train experience like i mean it just blow you away the the things they know about like the the low limit numbers and like what you know who owns what lines and who who is leasing what box car at a particular time? I mean, it is a trip, and to learn all that stuff, or even just not even to learn it, because it, it was too much for me to learn. But just to hear people, you know, pontificate on this stuff is, <laughs> is like, wow, these guys take it serious, man. You know, <clears throat> so it, it was a fun time, man. It, it was it was an incredible time. So what happened from there? This um, was this was ninety seven. Yeah, 96, 96 97. 97, and then uh, 98, me and Act were driving to the yard, and uh, I don't know, you know, me and Act had some really tripped out conversations, man, like, just, because in Albuquerque, you do a lot of driving, you just you just kind of drive, you, you know, we would drive the whole city checking all the different layups, because, you know, one layup might have two, two or three cars, and then you know, the next layup doesn't have anything. Or you've been to one layup already and the same damn cars are there. So, you know, we would drive the whole city, you know, looking at stuff. Or sometimes we drive during the day to scope it out. But at night, you know, we might we might not have scoped out during the day. So at night, we're like driving around, driving. And you just talk, you know. You just have these trip out conversations. And he said something about, I don't know, he just said something. I, I know I misunderstood him. I know I misunderstood him. And I was like, did you just say box stars? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I, he didn't. He said box cars, but I misunderstood him. 
And I was like, that is a sick name, dude. He's like, yeah, I like that. I was like, let's make it true. Like, all right. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to call Jailer. I'm going to call Menace. I'm going to call Caper. You know what I mean? And, and just like that, within a week, we're all the box stars. That's cool. And, you know, and everyone's pushing it. You know, acted the first box stars piece on a tool car of all things, which don't go anywhere, you know, but he did it. And, uh, and then from then on, like it, it just was all about the box stars. And we, you know, we had sent a, me a shot of all of you on top of a car and it, it was a box car spell out. Yeah. Yeah. That one, that's that. Where would we do that? I'm trying to remember which photo that is. I think, I couldn't tell. I can't picture the photo. And I remember taking that photo. I think that we did that in Phoenix. You know, I mean, obviously the model for our crew, you know, for anyone that knows Freights and history of Freights was Network. Right. You know, I mean, net, Network was it. Like, I mean, you, you think of the, the roster that that crew had back in, in 93 and 94. It's like, wow, you know, these guys are on it, man. And uh, I gotta go blow my nose. I'm sorry, I'm clogging up. I've, I've been sick for like a week. The allergies here are horrible. Hold on, I'll be right back. No problem. Okay, should be good. <laughs> um, so network. Rewind. Blah blah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, network. And uh, so yeah, we were totally like, we're gonna be like network, you know. I mean, we, we love Network Crew. Like, you know, th those guys were all our homies. Like, all of them. You know, and it, it wasn't a competitive thing. It was just like, this is our thing. You know, we're, we're going to be the box stars. We're going to be the next, you know, all-nation crew. Like, we have the common goal of, of flooding the system with the box stars name. And so um, we just did it. I mean, it, it, you know, we all kept in touch. I mean... Jailer is the backbone of the crew, you know, he just was, he, and, and I don't know if you know a lot about TVC, but the TVC in San Diego, man, the way they run their crew, it's like, it's the pinnacle of how a crew should be run, you know, that they, they don't believe in like throwing everybody in the crew just to get the crew name out, like, it's a process to get in there. And, and, and they feel everybody out, they have meetings, and, you know, they, I don't know if they take votes on stuff or what, but, I mean, they, they, everything is really organized, and, and everyone has to know each other, and, like, if a new guy gets in, like, you know, they're all in all the roll calls, and, like, everyone touches base, it was really, you know, it's something that me and Caper would talk about, like, you know, that's how a crew is supposed to be run, and, and so, you know, Jailer, I mean, he's part of the backbone of TVC also. And, you know, the, the guy, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of a, a godfather figure, you know, it, you know, he'll call you out on your, on your bullshit, you know? And so he would, um, you know, he would call all of us and be like, you know, he would just talk about the crew and like, Hey, why isn't this guy getting in touch with me? What's going on? Is he painting? What, you know, what's up? And so he, he ran it, you know, I mean, me and came up with the idea, probably more me than but, <laughs> then act. Um, yeah, and <laughs> act, me and act. It's cool. Yeah. I'll, oh. I'll fix it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just, just dupe it in or something. 
or just bleep it out. So yeah. Um, so you came up yeah. with the name, and then yeah. So Jailer would just he would just stay on our backs, man, and, and we would have these meetings. We would have we'd have you know because TPC or you know they they had been having reunion meetings forever, and Jailer was like, "Dude, we all got to get together. We got to paint." <laughs> like, we gotta do the crew thing. I was like, all right, cool. Like, where are we gonna do this? Like, well, let's go to let's go to Phoenix. All right, because um, Caper was throwing these shows, these these nitty gritty graph shows. Yeah, I remember those. And um, they were bad as hell, man. You know, and and so we would go to those, and then that was like initially our box star reunion things. And you know, Caper would do a show, and then we would. Um, we just go out into Phoenix, man, and just just paint and paint like crazy because the yards there they're big, they're big and they're deep, and so you can you know you can find the cars where you can fit like five people, six people, you know, and then like we got the whole box cars crew going, but then you got like all the other like you know family like Pez and Fice and like all those guys that you know they want to go too and like hell yeah you guys are gonna go like you know we're going like 15 deep like Phoenix was the kind of place you could go 15 deep in the yard and be it'd be all right so that's that's where we would do the these reunion meetings and man like some of those cars are like some of the most classic you know cars in 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 my memory you know just just you know it, you know just having fun and like hanging out. And, and just paint like crazy, you know, with a bunch of guys that love it just as much as you. You know, like the next day, like they're down to get up at eight in the morning and drive over there with a hangover and get those flicks, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know how many people I painted with, like, let's go, we gotta get those flicks, man. Like, oh, dude, just go, you know? Fuck that, man. You gotta get the photo. How, how are you gonna prove to these cats that you did this? You know, you're gonna wait for someone else to give you the photo? That's whack. You're like, you gotta get out there and get it. You know, and if, and if the car ain't there, you got to chase it down. You got to figure out where the hell it went. And we, we did that in Phoenix, too. Like, there was a couple of cars, like, they would, they would roll to another yard. So we were, like, running around, like, just like maniacs. You know, like, oh, I got to go there. Oh, there it is. And, like, they would drop me off. I'd jump in the yard, you know. And there's photos of, like, the train workers, like, trying to find me with, like, binoculars because I'm running around the middle of the day, like, you know, real busy yards. And I'm getting the photos in the Right away, we go get those developed one hour, and then I, you know, I get doubles for everybody. Like, I mean, it was awesome to be with people that loved it that much. Like, they were like, no, you're not going to leave town without giving me the photos of that train, too. You know? Mm. It was, um, I just, those, those times are incredible, man. I mean, and those are some of the best chase stories, too, is actually some of the Phoenix stuff that went down. <laughs> like, when, when, one of the box share reunions, we, uh, Caper, didn't, he didn't want to go, and so we we went with some other cat who, you know, I guess took us to kind of a spot like where Caper was like I wouldn't have gone there, but uh, you know we we got in there was a rail box like right under a bridge there was a line, you know, but the rail box was right under the bridge under the freeway like no this will be chill you know it's like freeway's noisy blah 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 you know we're like I don't know I guess we're about five deep you know it was like me. Act, Jekka, Flint, and Jailer. And uh, we were painting, and uh, there's like a rail box. You know, we, we got to do the rail box. Like, you know, we all know those those get 
probably the highest exposure of almost any box car. Like if you want like some cross country action, like a rail box is it. So we're doing the rail box and lo and behold, like jailer steps back. He's like, check it out, dude. <laughs> and we see these lights coming down from one side, two, two pairs of lights, just car lights. And then he looks the other way. He's like, look over there. And then there's two more sets of lights. And I was like, oh, crap, it's about to go down right now. And sure enough, man, they, the, at all at the same time, like, you know, they're on their radios now. You know, the spotlights come up, the, the cherries come on all these cars, like more cars are coming. And so we're, uh, you know, you know how it is. Every man for yourself at that point, like, it, it's on, you know. So we're all going to this fence, we, you know, hopping over this gigantic fence, running up along the side of the freeway with, with these guys just with their spotlights on us. Like it's daytime, you know, and I'm like, I have this, I, I just I had a whole bag of new cans and I just remember like, Oh my God, this is, I've, I got to ditch them. So I, and I'm, I'm in the light. Like I know they're going to find them. I was like, I got to put them where they're not going to find them. But I just throw them as far as I can. Like I just watch the spotlight kind of follow my cans, you know? <laughs> well, Oh no. You back? No, right down the middle. Hey, we lost Wait, can that. Can you hear me? No, oh, no, we lost that. So where where are we at? Okay, you were throwing your cans, and you saw the light follow up. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I had this huge bag of cans, and they're all, I mean, the lids are still on them, everything, and I, I just, I was like, I got to ditch them, so I, I throw them, and I see the spotlight, I kind of follow the cans into the bush, and I'm like, God, you know, they're going to get them. Like, that's horrible. And, uh, so we continue up the side of the like the embankment that leads up to the end of the bridge on the freeway, and it's like this like there's like this pumicey rock they use out there in Phoenix, and it's really hot and it's disgusting. But it, it, it when you step in it, it's like mud, like like your foot sinks about you know two or three inches. And so we're trying to run. So it's like it's like when you're running in your dreams, you can't like get full speed. Like trying to run up a hill and that stuff, like that's what's happening. Like oh oh, it's like. You just you think they're like right behind you, like these guys are gonna catch us. This is this is the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> and so we're all running, and I, I see Jailer's running in front of me, and he's running fast. I was like, damn, I feel fast. And so we're right along the freeway at that point, and then and he's the only one I see. So I go running across the freeway. I was like, you know, I'm gonna get away, and so I'm gonna go across the freeway because you know, you know, you're thinking 100 miles an hour, and you just you don't know what to do, but. I've always been pretty good about getting away. And I was like, I'm going to go across the freeway because I know there's an arroyo over there, and I'm going to get in the arroyo, and I'm going to I'm going to get in the water because if they got dogs, I'm going to try and lose that scent. And like that, I mean, that's going on in my head. And uh, so I, I go across the freeway, you know, not really dodging too much traffic because it's not it's not real busy at the time, but it's busy enough where you got to like stop and wait, and you got to run. And then so I get to the other side of the freeway, go down the embankment, I go through the water, and then um. I see a little hole, like a, like a little um, little drainage channel that you know comes from under the freeway, and then drains into that thing. And it, you know it's probably like three feet around. And so I uh, I run up to that thing, and I, I crawl up in there, and I crawl up all like as far as I can go. And I'm I'm claustrophobic. And I hate spiders and I hate bugs. And I'm crawling through this thing, and I just feel spider webs just all over me, and and just things you know. 
and all I can see is, is I'm crawling up and I'm looking back is that, that little hole that I crawled in. I mean, it's pitch, pitch black. And that little hole that I crawled in just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And, smaller. and it's like a little pinpoint down there. And I just hear cars. Like, and I, I, you know, you can just feel them. I'm just in there, man. And, and I just sit there. Like, and I, I don't know how far I was under the freeway, but, you know, I was far. And then I, I just stop and I just, you know, you just, you hear everything and you can hear the cars driving on the gravel and you can see the light kind of flashing across the Arroyo channel. Just, just from that little pinpoint, you can, you know, you can see the changes in the light. And then I heard a dog. Oh, oh, oh. And I was like, fuck, if they let, if, if that dog comes in this hole, he's going to bite my foot off, you know, because I'm not going to be able to get out. So I just wait and I'm like, I mean, you're, you know, it's one of those points where, like, you feel your heartbeat and you're, like, sweating and you're, you know, you know that your adrenaline is, like, just going through your body and you, you, you're just emanating, like, that adrenaline out. And then, then everything kind of goes quiet, you know. And, uh, it, 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 you know, in my martial arts training, I originally wanted to be a ninja. So I've read all these ninja books and, like, the art of hiding and the art of camouflage. And, like, I mean, it, it sounds crazy, but, I mean, that stuff is real. Like, I got to employ those things, like, on a pretty regular basis. You know, it wasn't like I was living living fantasy. Like, you know, the guys that probably write it, you know, they're, like, playing games. Like, no, I, this is real stuff. And, like, in those books, like, they tell you, you know, if, if you are hiding, you don't move for a long time. Like, just because you think they're gone, they're not gone. You wait. So I, I kicked it in there for, like, an hour. And then uh, I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I get the hell out of here. And so I, I crawled out, and then I was walking along the uh, freeway embankment. I, and we're in the middle of Phoenix. Like, no clue where I am. No idea. And uh, so I'm, I'm walking along, like, you know, because it's like that disgusting pumice gravel. But just along the freeway, I was like, I'm going to stay along the freeway, just kind of stay just underneath the lights. That way if the cops start by, they're not going to see my head, you know. And then uh, I'm walking, and I, I hear a, <laughs> and I, I look up, and, and in Phoenix, they're, they're, they have trees in Phoenix, but they're like these, like, you know, little scraggly-looking twiggy <laughs> things. And uh, in the tree, like a fucking monkey, is this little guy, like, crawled up in the tree with his knees, like, tucked into his chest. He's like, Chunk! Like who the fuck is that? It's me, Jalen. <laughs> like, like no way. He's like what's up, dude? He's like damn. Was... Like so he gets down. And he's got this huge scratch on his neck from where the fence cut him. And uh, so yeah, he, and and from then on, like we walk and we walk and we walk. We have no idea where we are, and, and it starts getting daylight. And somehow we find these streets where we're like, ah, oh, I think we're staying on these streets. And uh, we we get around, and then like. This car pulls up, and it, it's, it's Act and, and uh, I think Jekka. Yeah, Act and Jekka, and they, like, they just stare at us. You know, it was crazy. And, and we're like, yeah, you know, it, it was an awesome feeling, man. Like, man, we got over. And we didn't really get over because Jekka got, he got hemmed up for that. But uh, I guess he was walking, and, and they're like, you know, they saw some, some white kid walking through this, like, Mexican neighborhood, so they, they knew right away. Huh. So they just picked him up. But I, I don't know. This whole other thing went down while we were walking back and forth, like hiding in the trees and in the holes. But you know that that one was a fun one because it was like it was with the crew, you know. And and we got away and we got over and like 
we went back, you know, and, and all of us, like, oh, we got to get our paint, man. So we drive on the freeway, and it's me and, or uh, I think we drive up, and I didn't want to go back. I was like, I'm not going back. Like, they're going to be waiting for us, you know. So we, we drive off, um, I think, Jailer and I think Jekka. And, you know, we, we're on the freeway, so we, we stop, and they get out at the top of the freeway, like, and they walk down the embankment looking for all the paint. But they didn't find anything. But then they come back up, and they're like, guess what? I'm like, what? The cops wrote all of our pieces. Like, no way. I'm like, yes, look at them. And, and they write, like, they, I mean, they put these, like, gigantic X's in there, and then they, they wrote, um, I forget what it was, but the acronyms basically amounted to, like, Mesa Police or something like that. And, and it was like, <laughs> the, the cops, the cops did that. I couldn't believe it, you know? <laughs> I, I, I can't find that photo right now, but yeah, the, the, we got the di, the cops disses with our own paint. <laughs> and you and, got flicks of it. Oh yeah, yeah, it, that, that was classic. I mean, what I, I don't know. It was a perfect ending. You know, it's like it, it really like they completed the piece for us. You know, it became something even like more than if we had just finished it on our own. Right. You know. Because they they added their touch to it, like just out of their own frustration and like them <laughs> understanding what graffiti is and like that that that's our pride and joy. And if they come up and take a piss on it, that we're gonna be hurt. You know, it, it's wow. weird how graffiti is such a you know it, it you know the idea and the concepts behind it is, is really animalistic. You know, and, and it's it, it's deeply ingrained in people, and like they don't have to be graffiti writers to understand it. You know, or to 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 fall right in line with it. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. That, that was that was like one of the, that's one of the coolest trains, and that that train ran for a long time. And people have asked me about that. Like, what is that? Like, you know, because <laughs> you could tell it's not like some rival crew dissed us. You know, you can tell like that is some weird stuff. So, like, you know, it always comes down to that good story. So, that's fun cool. times. Yeah, party. Wow. So, blah. And then what's next? Um, yeah, what happened after that? <laughs> Next? Oh, jeez, uh, I don't know. Like, Is Boxstar still around? I mean, people yeah. still around. Yeah, the core, the core heads are, are here, you know? I mean, the man who, who carries the weight on his shoulders is, is definitely Quest. Um, Quest linked up with us through, uh, Take five and Caso, and then he he was host to like Jailer and, and Heroin, not Heroin the drug, but Heroin the writer, Hair TVC. <laughs> Is um, Heroin still Toronto. around? Is he still yeah. active? Uh, that I couldn't tell you. I know he he's doing his art thing for sure, man. He's doing real good with that stuff. Uh, doing you know as you can imagine, like the animals and the, the right. drippy, uh, you know, syringes and all that stuff, man. Yeah. He's doing that for sure, but uh, yeah, and Quest, you know, I, I, I at the time I called him the number one draft pick, you know, and uh, they met up and like this guy wants to get down, and you know, and you could already see like, you know, you can tell him like, and he wasn't like a new Jack either, you know, the guy had been around for a long time, but you could just see like his pieces were just starting to take off, like. And, and and right when we dropped him in, man, I don't know what happened, but like his style just changed a little bit, and then he just started painting a lot more, 
and it was just perfect timing you know like, i mean we had nothing to do with any of that that was all him like he, he he already it was already like emanating out of him but uh <clears throat> you know as far as like bringing notoriety to our crew like he you know he put it over the top like you know he was like he's like shaquille o'neal or something <laughs> you know like we were all good but you know having him like you know that that kind of made us as a crew you know just well known i guess you know just or just solid i mean the guy he, he's really he has like a really open mind and a really open heart to the whole thing so he you know he's all about like doing box star pieces you know he wouldn't just like do his name and do like box star like signature he'd like do a box star piece and he'd do like the guy's done probably like three or four hundred of them you know? and he would do our names do other people's names and he, you know he's just really like i mean i don't know man i don't know i don't there's not many people like him in the world like as far as like dedicated to graffiti and like have that amount of style but then on top of that he's a freight head you know mm. and so you know, I, to me he's just he's just he's probably one of the best in the world you know not not just freight guys but you know you go to like toronto man the guy runs the city you know he runs it like when i was there you know we had our our latest box star reunion in oh oh five no no it was like oh seven oh six 2006 we had a box star reunion and uh he uh you know he ran the city in the yards he was everywhere full color obnoxious pieces you know <laughs> over the numbers over everything you know and uh we were walking around the city and i saw three people wearing shirts that he designed i mean it's just like what you know uh -huh. what is going on like the guy's just running it like that that is his city you know he's the mayor of that city not whoever the <laughs> other mayor that, that is quest town so you know it's so it, you know again it's been those are the kind of people you meet when you when you just you know run with people who kind of run in that same breed, like just really kind of obsessive compulsive, um, you know, art fiends, really, you know, or in the case of some of us, just like to, you know, I, it's not a destructive thing at all doing freight. So I don't, you know, I don't say, oh, we're destroying shit, you know, like no, no, it's not. It has nothing to do with that. It's creating, you know, creating a. A subculture, creating a, a lineage of, you know, we're, we're branching graffiti, you know, at the time into what was some uncharted territory, you know, to some extent. Like, I think we really solidified the connection between writers. Like, you know, it was kind of sporadic, and then we started connecting up. Like, I mean, network was connected, and then we kind of made another leaf on that branch, you know. And then, I mean, we inspire a lot of people, man. And that feels really good, you know. I'm really, I'm really happy about that. And it's nice to talk about it now because it's really, it's kind of come full circle for me because I, I had to step away. It came to a point where like I'm done. I remember I, 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 I painted like in '05, and I had these shoes, and uh, I went to uh, Denver and I, I had my my shoes I had painted them for years, and, and they, you know, obviously they're just multicolored things, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I threw them away. I, I finished my piece, and I, it was like very symbolic. I tied them together, and I, I threw them in the trash. 
right right at the yard when I was done. Like I brought an extra pair of shoes and I walked out with, with those shoes on. And then I painted one, one more time. We took that, that Toronto trip in 06. So I knew I wasn't done. But, you know, I, I felt like it was kind of on borrowed time. Like, I, you know, I went to Canada to do it because, you know, the laws in Canada don't pertain to what goes on here in the States. So I was like, if I get in trouble in Canada, I just do it on Canadian terms, not on U.S. terms. I can't risk, you know, my career now, you know, picking up a charge like this. You know, I'll, I'll be on local news, you know, be in the local papers, you know. So I just, uh, that's the only way I'm going to do it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to go to Canada. So, I mean, yeah, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about, I mean, if this is going too long, we can schedule a, a part two, but. Um, oh, okay. I will okay. do it now. I mean, I, I, I really, you know, in getting ready for this interview, I kind of, like I told you, I got sat down, I kind of pulled out some photo albums and I, I tried to think about stuff, you know, cause I may forget. So give me now, <laughs> Good. you know, I got motion hearings coming up in the next <laughs> week or two. I'm, I'm serious. These are big motion hearings and I, you know, this is the last thing that's going to be on my mind, you know, okay, my big thing on my mind is like blowing out these cases for my clients, you know, like making these judges look stupid. <laughs> okay. So I mean, cool. Uh, tell us, these cops. yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. I'm a criminal defense attorney. Um, I think it, it, it absolutely can be traced to graffiti, you know, like getting arrested and, and dealing with cops. And like you hear stuff about, ah, oh, they can't do that. They can't search us. They can't pull us over. You know, they can, <laughs> you know, you know, but you, you know, and they do, you know, and I, I was, I was very inquisitive about all that stuff and it was interesting. I took a, cause I was originally going to be a journalist and I, I took a media law class and, you know, they talked about, you know, copyright issues and things like that and, like, the like the formulations that go into it. And I was like, it was, I was like you know, I can do that. And then uh, when I graduated, I, I had no idea what I was going to do, you know, because college years, that's the perfect time to do, you know, that's when you should be painting, man, because you, you're, you're smart, but you have, you know, you're a little bit older, so you're a little wiser, and you know and you have the time to do that stuff. And you know if you if you got to miss a week of school, you got to miss a week of school. You know if you can't wake up in the morning, sleep. You know <laughs> it's like when you have a job, you can't do that stuff. But so so in college, that's what I did. And then when I graduated, I was just, I was kind of lost. And I you know I thought where could I employ tactics like I do in graffiti? You know, and I was like, well, so I went and talked to the DEA. And the DEA was down. They're like, we want you, you know, that guy would call me. And then, uh, and then I looked into like the pay grades and all that stuff. And then I talked to some people that were DA agents and I was like, man, I don't really want to do that. So I went and talked to the FBI and they weren't so down cause I have, I do have a history, you know, right. and they weren't really feeling it. They're like, well, you know, what can you offer us? I'm like, oh, nothing really. Like, what's your degree? Well, yeah, you're, you're, like your degree is not going to take you anywhere in the FBI. I was like, well, what is it that I need? And I like, well, get a law degree. So I applied to law school, and, and somehow I got in. And ironically, right before I got my acceptance letter to law school, about two weeks prior to that, <coughs> I was painting freights down in El Paso, and I got popped. Like, full on, like, this was the first time I got popped. 
And I was just like, man, I just ruined my life. Like, you know, I got into law school and now I'm in jail. And who? who what that? Who was there? Who were we? Were you with anybody or were you alone? Yeah, I was with a, with a bunch of kids. I was DJing a show down in El Paso. And, it, you know, everyone, we're just staying in the hotel and everyone's kind of drinking. I don't drink, but everyone was drinking. And uh, just, I don't know, it just popped in my head. Let's go paint. So they were down. They're, they were like young kids. They're breakdancer kids. So, you know, they're not really like savvy on the whole thing. And so, you know, we just made some stupid moves and got caught by some bumpkin cops, man. Like, cops are stupid. I mean, they took us to a jail cell that looked like, uh, you know, those um, like portable education places. You know, the, the portable buildings they have. I mean, it was smaller. Yeah, I mean, it was teeny. Like, it was a little tin shack. And, like, I was put into a cell... Me, you know, who's supposed to be fucking, I'm supposed to be slick. I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm supposed to be on my game. Like, I, you know, I knew this game. And these little bunking cops caught me, man. I couldn't believe it. You know, and I, I'm in a jail in this little tin shack, you know, shackles to this little, little bench, you know. So I'm just laying on my back just thinking about stuff. And I'm like, if I get out of this, I'm done. Because, you know, I'm serious about law school. So, you know, we got through it, and I got, you know, I, they, they bailed me out of jail. I, I, I went and DJed my show, which was actually pretty cool. Like, I, I got out, they took me right to the show, and, like, everyone's like, yeah, you know? And so they handed me my records, and I was like, you know, I was just getting down. So it was fun. So, you know, but, uh, I mean, in, in reality, though, it, it, it was probably a big wake-up call, because I think I would have kept going, even through law school. I think I would have just kept doing it. Because I, I felt like I could, I felt like I was invincible. You know, I, I felt like I knew the game more than any cop knows this game. You know, I, I know those trains better than, than those train yard guys. You know, because yeah. I, I saw them come and go. I, I knew I knew all the workers. I knew all the train yard workers. I recognized all of them. They all recognized me, and there would be new ones. I'd be like, man, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get over on you easy, but. uh that one time woke me up. So for for all law school, I just disappeared. And then uh, I graduated, got a job. Um, I just worked as a uh, like a public defender for a while. And um, from then on, you know, I, I you know I don't know. I went. I took that as far as I could take it. And then uh, went to private practice now. So, I've only been doing that for a couple of months. So, but yeah, I mean, and I, and I have, you know, because of, of, of who I am and the people I know, I mean, I have people calling me every day, you know, <laughs> and they are down to pay me. You know, there's people that hate attorneys. Like I had a guy just two or three days ago who like, he like, he will not hire an attorney. And he's been through the mill with the court system. And he always defends himself. And he knew me. And when he found out I, that I was in private practice, he called me. He's like, I know you. He's like, I know where you come from, what you're about. I know you will work, you know, 100% harder than anyone to, like, get me through this. And I was like, I will. And, and that, you know, and, and that comes from graffiti. 
absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they looked at how tenacious I was with with the graffiti stuff, and they know I'm be the same way with their case. So I have tons of credibility. You know, it's like the it's like the guy, like the attorneys on the Godfather that go to like all the parties and stuff. You know, that's me. Like when people. <laughs> When people get out of prison, like some of the homies are getting out of prison uh, next weekend, and we're I'm gonna be there at the party, man. I I know these guys, you know, and I'll be handing out my card, and like, you know, I don't advertise. I don't. I don't my name's not in the phone book, and and all these other attorneys are like shocked at how well I'm doing, you know. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, you know. So can can graffiti lead to something positive and good? Yeah. You know, I defend and uphold the Constitution, man. You know, I, I hold, I, I put police officers in check for a living. You know, whereas all my life I ran from them and did everything I could to stay away from them. You know, now I, I go to DWI roadblocks and I film them and record them. You know, like I, you know, right now we're getting ready to sue two people for, for excessive force. I mean, it's a powerful thing, man. You know, it's uh, it's incredible. That that's how it, you know. But that's why I can't mess around. I I cannot. I can't play that game, you know. So, I can look back on it and, and remember it and think about it, but it's a it's a fleeting memory. Because uh, if I were to dabble in that, I, I you know everything could come crumbling down. And there's so many people depending on me to like keep my head on straight right now. That. Uh, it's just not worth it, you know. So I'm still doing walls and stuff, though. I got my little wall thing going on. <laughs> it's boring as hell, but you know, I mean, my name is out there, you know. And I and and I actually now I think my style, you know, I actually sit and draw every once in a while. And I think my styles and my characters now are probably starting to become what I wish they were my whole career. You know, I mean, I, I still study and I still learn. I still look at books and mags and flicks and I read the articles. And I, I really, I try to kind of keep up with what's going on. But, uh, you know, I really, I just wish, I just wish I was better. You know, I still have that, that, that little finger poking me in the side, laughing at me like, you suck, you suck, you know, <laughs> like, fuck. You know, I got to, so now when I, you know, I go do pieces, I take like two days on them. I mean, it, you know, because I want to do like, and I look at Quest and like, you know, it makes me ashamed. Like he did a Suge piece for me and I was just like, oh my God, he just burned every piece I ever did in my whole life. You know, it was like nothing to him. You know, it, it was sad. So it, like to me, it's like, you just got to, I'm still going to push myself. Even though I'm not pushing myself on, on the trains. I'm going to push myself on these walls and like, and I think they're coming out okay. You know, the next time I paint with Quest, like I'll, hopefully I'll be able to hang with him. You know, I'll be able to hang with him a little bit. Like, nice. Last time I painted with him, I was like, Oh my God, this guy just blew me up. Like he blew everybody out. Though. You know, I'm not alone. Like that's just what he does. But you know, I want to be able to hang with him. You know, cool. that's my goal. <laughs> well, um, man, just, I, I've got, a lot of so questions. Like four hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're already at an hour and a half, and I, I don't think I've asked any questions actually. I think I, I asked know. you to introduce yourself, and that's about it. 
That's about all it took. Oh, yeah, I, was, I, was, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. This is a perfect interview for me. Um, no, but <laughs> I do have a question. This actually uh, comes from, from talking to Sledge, but... Yeah. You know, he was, he was wondering, you know, how, like, some people, you know, they're running wild. Everyone knows who they are, and, you know, we know what they look like. We know everything. And how do they get away with it? I guess I'm asking for some some basic legal advice. <laughs> some legal advice, yeah. You know what, though? Man, there's no rhyme or reason to the whole thing. And, and, you know, every time you step into a yard or every time you throw a can in your backpack, be ready, you know? That, that, that's all you can do. And I think one of the things I always told everyone I painted with was, like, just hope for the best but expect the worst. You know, and, and if you have that mentality, like, well, if, if you're down to go to jail for your art, then being in jail is not going to be so bad. You're like, well, it's part of the game. But, you know, there's a lot of kids that that dabble in it or, or, you know, go out there and do it. And they can get away with a lot just because of where they are or, or how where they go to paint that probably don't, you know, have the, the reality check that you know, that can come along with it, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a big slap in the face when you get some cuffs put on you, and, and they're telling you, like, who do you know, you know, what do you got in your car, where are you from, it, it, it's scary, it sucks, you know, I'm not some <laughs> thugged out dude, like, I don't want to be in jail, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to get raped or beat up or get my shoes taken, you know, have to fight just to, for a fucking cookie, you know, and, and that stuff, that is real, man, you know, I go to the jail all the time and, and talk to my clients, man, and that shit is crazy, it is no joke being in jail, man, and like people that act like, oh yeah, it's no big deal, like those are the first guys to bitch out, you know, when they come out, they act tough, and when they're in there, they're, they're, they're not having fun, you know, they're some mean motherfuckers, man. So, you know, just graffiti's tough, man. Like, and and you get no respect being in your in your unit or your cell, telling people you got caught doing graffiti. They think it's the stupidest thing ever. You know, it's just like you know, it it it's, it sucks. Like you get you get no respect anywhere. You know, unless you're from San Francisco and, you know, you can be in Juxtapose magazine or whatever, but, you know, that, that you know, when those guys travel out of town, man, people, they treat them the same, like, whatever, they slap them around, man. Like, so I, I just think if you're going to do it, then you should be ready for them to drop the hammer on you, you know, and that was part of me changing my name, like, halfway through my career. Is, is I acknowledge that and I was like I have to let go of that shook name I was like if I get caught the hammer will drop and, and I you know I will feel the house of pain because <laughs> I knew what I did you know and I there was a lot like people got caught and they said they're looking for you man they got a list and you are on you are top of the list they want you and at some point I was like all right I gotta drop the name I, I, I the name is going to be changed, and, and in 2000, I changed my name, and I wrote a totally different name, and, and all those pieces, you know, 
and it, it, it felt good. It was kind of a weight off my shoulders. You know, I was like, put that name into remission, never write it again, you know, take up a totally different name and, and just start all over again. And I kind of did it, you know, and that, that name actually got a little notoriety too. You know, people, people didn't know that was me. People still don't know. I mean, some people do, <laughs> but, you know, and I did, I, I did all right with that name. And that, that was kind of, that felt kind of good, you know, because, you know, people like Crispo were a big inspiration. Crispo and, you know, Charlie, I mean, they did that, you know. You figure out how many names those guys had, it was like, good grief. <laughs> you know? Or Wayne, you know, or, you know, it's like the way, the way those guys did it, when I figured out who, you know, how many names those guys were, like all the same person, like. You know, it's like it's like having a, I don't know, it's like getting your arm put on, you know, like like I don't know, it's crazy. So I, you know, I I tried to do that. I just you got I I shook it off and, but I could have got caught. You know, I could I could have been screwed. It's just, you know, some people are just luckier than other ones. That's all there is to it. You know, I think you just gotta just gotta you just gotta kind of expect it, though, man. You know. And all of us have been in the game, like, in one way or another, we've, you know, it's it set us back somehow. Cool, man. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I'm going to ask you one last question, but... Um, <laughs> Half an hour later, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to make you out like a, you know, like a grumpy old score, but um, what do you think of the scene now, and... Like, what would you tell, like, the younger kids coming up? Oh, man. Don't listen to the old guys. That's the first thing. <laughs> I swear to God, you know? I mean, just don't listen to them. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to me tell you you suck and that your <laughs> styles are whack and that you don't know crap about trains. Don't listen to it. Don't don't listen to me tell you how the good old days were, were where it's at and today everything's screwed up because... Really, what it is is it's just, it's just time and space. You know, it's just like when you listen to a song, like that—that's the dopest song at the time. And then in ten years, when you hear that song again, you just you relive those memories. I mean, that—that's all it is. It's like I'm I'm reliving my my memories, you know. And just like these kids nowadays, they're going to relive their memories, and they're going to be like, man, I remember when the internet was just starting. You know, and we had this website, and we had that website, and we had these digital cameras, and you know, <laughs> that was stupid to me, but to them, that's that's going to be their reality, and and that's that's fine, because you know, me talking about these freights, like these old subway guys, are going to be like, what a joke. I mean, you talk to subway guys about freights, and, and they like cringe. They're like, how can, how can you, like people don't even ride those things? No one even sees those stupid things. You know, they don't <laughs> run through the middle of the city five times a day where everyone gets to see them, you know, you know, you don't get to walk in them and the lights go on and off and things shakes and ding dongs on the door opens, you know, <laughs> it does, you know, so that, and that's their reality. That's their, their life experience, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that, that's just my, that's just what I would say to these new guys. Don't, don't listen to guys like me. Cause you know, it, you know, what, what what can you do, man? I mean, they can't they can't go back in time and, and <laughs> yeah, you 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 were born when you were born, you know. If you love the art, then then do it, you know. I mean, part part of the whole thing about graffiti is that you don't give a damn what people tell you. You're gonna do your own thing, you know. It's all about it. I mean, that that's what it's about. So so get out there and mix it up, man. 
you know. I mean, there's some kids now that they got some badass styles going, you know. Because I go by, I still go by the train yards, you know. If I get if I get out of court early, and I don't have anything to do, I keep my camera in my car, and I'll swing around, and I'll, I'll go check it out. And there's some kids that got some cool stuff, man. Like anyone you want to mention? Um, anyone in particular? Well, I, I mean, I, I can just tell you what I've seen. Like, I, you know, I've seen a couple of Buick pieces. Like, they're they're dope. You know, like you know, this kid, he's got like style in it. You know, kind of like form to his letters. I I don't know anything about them. You know, they might be little punks. You know, I mean, so many writers are little jerk offs, man. <laughs> you know, you, you see their pieces, and you meet them, and you're like, oh my god, I can't. You know, I can never look at this guy's work the same. You know, okay. but I don't know these kids, so it's like you know, it's, you know, it, it's good. You know. <laughs> I've, I've seen you know I've seen ASIC stuff I've seen you know there's some kids from here here like Getz I mean Getz is bad Get Getz is dope you know and and Bozo is dope but Getz is I mean his walls and his trains are sick you know kids out of here um, able Irish they're dope <clears throat> hello still there no names. Sorry, I lost you for a second. Oh, okay. I mean, as far as like names of kids from other cities, like I can't really come up with too many because I mean a lot of the stuff I can't even read. <laughs> which is, you know, don't don't get me off on that whole thing, but it's <laughs> what just <whole> thing? <laughs> you know, being able to read your piece, you know, like, and I and I'm an experienced graffiti guy. I should be able to, like, I can look at a wild style and read it. But when I look at something that looks like a pile of spaghetti <laughs> with some meatballs on top of it, I, I don't get it. You know, it doesn't conform to the shape of the train. It doesn't make any sense, you know, to me. I mean, to, I'm mean, sure there's a whole, like, group of guys that are all about, like, you know, the, the spaghetti styles, and, and they all love each other's spaghetti styles, and they can all read each other's spaghetti styles. I can't. You know, I, I like... I like big, bold, solid letters, you know, with you know, with with a lot of funk to them. Though, with a lot of funk, not you know. I just I just love the old funk styles. So, but yeah, don't don't listen to the old grumpy guys, because then you'll, you'll you'll never gain acceptance from from them. I mean, that's just the end of it. You're 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 chasing a, a fleeting dream if you ever want some old guy to tell you you're tight. You know, <laughs> what you want is the younger guys to tell you you're tight. That's what you want, because those are the guys you're going to be influencing. The young guys aren't going to influence me. They're just not. You know, I'm influenced by the older guys, and these young kids coming up now, they're going to be influencing the next guys. That's just how it goes. You know, you can't you can't flip it. You know, all the old guys that say they're being influenced by the new guys, it, it sounds weak to me. Like, like what? You know? <laughs> You should, you know, you should be, you should be already, you should already be there, you know. Like I'm still developing, and I'm still like, you know, like I, I, I consider Quest one of my contemporaries. You know, he's, he's in my generation. You know, like I goes, you know, he's got some old pieces out there, man. Like, you know, old trains. Probably a lot of trains people haven't seen, you know. But uh, he, he's one of my contemporaries. We kind of came up in the same, you know. 
group of guys. We just didn't really run into each other for a long time. So I can I can say that he pushes me, you know. But these new guys don't. <laughs> well, cool, man. Um, yeah, I I think we may want to. <laughs> Wait, uh, I got one more thing to say. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Well, if you you do have closing comments, but um, do you have any closing comments? Anything you want to say? No, no, no. It was a blast. That's all. It was was awesome. Uh, You know, those are my most treasured memories, man. Like, I don't know how many of my clients have walked in and be like, aren't you Suge? (laughs) Like, (laughs) tell me about the good old days, you know, like. When, like I had a, I, it's funny. I went to a, a like some art opening, and I met a client, and another client came up, and he's like, "It's weird. Like I'll go somewhere, and I'll, there'll be like a lot of people I've represented already." And this kid was like, "I heard you did ten thousand freight trains," <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, well, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, <laughs> but yeah, I just let it go, you know, I just let it go." And I mean, you know, it's all about those crazy urban legends. I mean, they're, they're, these kids will tell you that I had the eyeball of a train worker in formaldehyde in my house. And there's another story that I, I hijacked uh, uh, one of the engines and drove around and picked up a couple of boxcars that I wanted to paint and took them out of town and painted them. What? They, I mean, yeah, that I mean. They, that's the whole thing and like I, I love those like and I want those to live on so I will never say if that happened or not you know <laughs> are there any others but, that's a good one nah there's tons man alright well. yeah I mean the eyeball ones are right and I'll tell you one other thing is the the head of uh, BNSF security here in town has a scar on his arm from chasing me. And and I got away, he tripped, he cut his arm open on the train. And because he cut his arm open, he couldn't keep chasing me down with his fucking gun in his hand, mind you. And when he pulls people over in the yard, or, you know, because kids are, the kids are always still taking flicks. I see them all the time, like, kind of prowling around the yard. Like, you can always tell with their big pants and their heads down, you know. <laughs> and like, like, why are you walking right there where I can see you? both you know but you know and and the cops and later on the kids will tell me like yeah and i got pulled over in the yard the the officer showed me the scar from you and he's like i got this from chasing suge you know and and like that's part of his badge of honor you know and uh that's cool like that that's what graffiti is about man it's not about what you did it's about what people think you did you know I don't know. It's it's awesome, you know. So closing comment is that all that shit's true. <laughs> I did ten thousand trains, and I have the eyeball of a train worker in my house. All that stuff. It's all real. Cool, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> no. It it has been a real pleasure. I mean, this is this is one of those interviews I've wanted since we you know started the podcast. So. I want to thank you, and it's, I, I think it's perfect, so. Well, I appreciate it, man. I mean, you're, you're the man, dude. Like, you had the flicks. <laughs> you, I mean, I'm serious. We all knew, we all knew those photos, man. Like, I, I think I was telling you, and I was telling ASIC, 
You know, I was like, you know, he took the one whole car shot, the one shot with the two panels, and then the close-ups on the pieces. And like, you know, he because he knew like what you like, you knew what we all wanted. Like, you know, like, this guy likes this, this guy likes that. You know, I always got like the real close-up ones. I think I even told you like, please send me like the most close-up ones. You know, <laughs> like you knew who liked what writers, and I mean, it was awesome, man. And Crime Time was a badass magazine. Like that was that was you know. As far as like freights, that was the one, you know. Like everyone had their little special freight issues and stuff, but I mean, Crime Time was it, man. Like you know, it was someone who understood like there's more to it than just graffiti subculture behind it, but there was also like freight subculture behind it. Like you know, in some of your backgrounds, you had like images of the the moniker art and stuff, you know, like. If you, if you saw that in a magazine spread, you know that that guy was deep. Like, that guy really did go in the arts. He didn't rely on people to send him photos of the stuff they did the next day, you know? Like, this guy went out and got them. And that's why he got the best photos. So, it was sick. Like, we all, you know, we all appreciate that so much. And, like, doing these interviews is just another going to be another part of your lineage to what, what you do for this, you know, this this art form thing we have going on. So I, mean, I, pre, I, you know, I, I should thank you for letting me do this, and and thank you for putting on that dove and fear and stuff. I mean that, that was incredible to me, you know. And I hope you get more. Like there's so many more people I want to hear what they got to say, you know. Cool. Well, thank you. I mean, love it. Um, Look forward to to hearing myself sound like a moron on <laughs> an audio for everybody to hear. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks, and we'll we'll talk later. So. Sure. All right, Dave. I'll be in touch, man. Appreciate it, man. Peace.